Welcome to the Canadian Side Hustle and Business Podcast. I'm your host, Irene Roussel. How are you feeling today? Yes, you. How are you doing? I hope you're doing great. And if you're not, you're in for a mood booster because I got a great guest for you to meet. But first, to my regular listeners, welcome back. You're in for an awesome treat. Before we get started, be sure to hit that follow button on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast so that you don't miss out on a new episode. And most importantly, if you love this episode, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. This helps to elevate our brand and I would be most grateful to you. Listeners, I'm super excited to bring you Alexandra Capellos-Peters. She's the founder of Consulter eMarketplace, and she lives in Toronto. Yes, yes, that's the big city. Alexandra is passionate about people and business. She loves to see teams, leaders, and clients thrive by removing obstacles and enabling their success. She's on a mission to solve complex business problems with technology and innovation, following an action-oriented, empathetic, ethical, sustainable, and collaborative approach to inspire ongoing goodness in business. Now, does this sound awesome or what? So let's jump right into it. Listeners, you should know I recorded this episode a couple weeks ago and I was experiencing quite a sore throat. So my baritone voice is going to come out. I'm sure you will be delighted and you're going to simply enjoy Alex's story. I'm super excited to jump right in. Well, thank you, Maria. There's a high bar to live up to, but I'm really excited. I, uh, yeah, um, love any opportunity to kind of share the nuggets of wisdom that I've learned along the way. And I have many more years, I hope, of learnings ahead of me that I'll also maybe be back to tell you about next time. Of course, <laughs> the journey is always unfolding. Super exciting. Well, um, I don't love talking about myself, but you'll find that I can do it anyway. <laughs> so of course. <laughs> prepare yourself. I can go back for a while. Okay. <laughs> but uh you know, I actually don't love talking about myself and my personal story because um, I always thought, oh, this is boring. But I actually think in this case, it really is pretty relevant to, you know, uh, my life and career journey. And so okay. I will yammer on and tell you about that. Well, I um, appreciate it. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how many of your listeners are like me, but I was always a little bit, um, I was unusual as a child, I think, because I was always um, what I like to call, I guess, a bit of a jumper or a multi, multidisciplinarian, even as a, as a child. Um, you know, I really struggled when I was little, even, you know, um, my memory is terrible, so I can't remember, you know, when I was three or four, but, but I remember in my earliest memories of being, you know, five or seven or something like that, you know, and, and people would always ask you when you're a kid, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> what do you want to do? Who do you want to be? And 
I was always so frustrated as a child because, you know, all the other kids in my class would have these wonderful answers, you know, oh, I'm going to be a fireman, I'm going to be an astronaut, and I'm going to be a teacher, a doctor. And, you know, little Alex never had an answer. <laughs> and it was really frustrating for me because I always found myself interested in so many different things. Um, I think, you know, and uh, so I struggled with that for my whole life, really. Um, I wanted to be all the things. I, I um, wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be a scientist. I, I actually did want to be an astronaut. You know, uh, I wanted to be a doctor and a lawyer. Yeah. I think a lot of kids wanted to be astronauts back in the day. <laughs> right? It was definitely very cool. I, I think in the 80s and the 90s, that was the number one selection. I think everybody yeah. answered that way, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, for me, that was just like a kind of a bit of a frustration when I was younger because um, it, it kind of limited my focus, right? Like you, when you're in school, when you're a kid, like everybody wants you to pick something and kind of stay in your lane and I found that that trend for me um extended into you know middle school and high school and even into my uh initial kind of foray into uh my undergrad you know you're supposed to pick a box <laughs> and that doesn't work for everyone and I I think that that's a little bit of what made me a kind of chronic or serial entrepreneur is that for me I was never really satisfied with checking one box um I wanted the freedom to be able to kind of chart my own course and, and hop around and do different things and, you know, experiment and make my mark in different areas. Um, Love it. You know, <laughs> you wanted that freedom to chart your own course. I mean, that's, that's a super golden nugget right there. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's really true. Like, I think for me, that's kind of what's happened is it hasn't been intentional but that kind of personality trait um, has really been what's determined the rest of my life so far. Um, I've been, you know, um, lucky, although they say that women always credit things to luck. Uh, so I should be careful not to do that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I have been lucky nonetheless, or at least I've seen opportunities and have taken them. And I think that that's kind of been um, the path is that rather than me having some kind of determined uh, journey, you know, saying I'm going to study X or do X, I've had in my in my life and career, it's been a lot of experimentation and a lot of kind of like falling into situations and then trying to take advantage of them, you know, so um, I can't remember so much as a child how that worked, but I guess, you know, like it would even be like, you know, being an opening on a school team or something like that, or, you know, uh, someone would fall, someone would be sick. And so you'd have to take over and like on a sports team and, uh, you know, okay, today you're going to play some a position that you didn't usually or something, you know, um, uh, like those, those kind of opportunities that would come up yeah. in school. And then again, later in life, right. Where it's like, oh, well now I need a job and what's available and okay, I guess I'll do this job and now I'll learn from it. So there's a lot of kind of falling into situations and I love that the most of them. Yeah. I, I love that, you know, um, that this is how it rolled for you. It's definitely not the typical conventional way, but um, I'm already loving your story. Continue <laughs> on, you know? So how did you get into your career and in, in terms of your field of interest? Yeah, um, that's a tough question, surprisingly. I think for me, it actually did begin um, in high school. 
Um, and uh, I was a little bit, you know, I love that your podcast is the side hustle. I always considered myself a little bit of a hustler from a young age. Uh, and I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, and I think there's, you know, like there's such a, there can be a negative connotation with that, but I think there's a really great positive one too. And, you know, um, I was one of those kids who uh, really like got bored easily, but also just like not a negative way. I just like doing a lot of different things. So, you know, um, I was kind of like, I was in the art club and I was in the chess club and I was in the science club and on all the sports teams, even though I was not very athletic. <laughs> I don't know if they wanted me on all the clubs, but I, but I joined them all and nonetheless, you know, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of in all, all the things, doing all the things. And, um, and that kind of continued. So when I was um, in high school, I kind of found that I had really developed an interest in so many different areas. And in particular, it was um, kind of this um, duality or dualism between kind of the arts and the sciences and tech. So, you know, I um, found myself drawn to very artistic kind of fields and I loved, you know, sculpture and installation and painting and art. Uh, but also I was like, I worked at my school um, as their tech support and uh, I loved networking and programming. And, you know, I built, uh, I built our very first websites. Uh, you know, obviously things are very different now. It's, it's much more complex these days, but you know, back uh, 20, 25 years ago, it was just whipping up notepad and, and then manually entering codes and HTML on a page. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed, I think I just always enjoyed creation. And that's what it was about, you know, whether that be visual or whether that be technical, there was just something so exciting about building things and kind of seeing them in reality and then having people be able to like interact with them and be part of that. Um, you know, so that was just for me, like really, um, kind of what started it all. And so when I, um, yeah, so my, my first jobs were actually at my, at my school. Um, they employed me for many years, which was kind of great because um, even though this was back in the day where minimum wage now counts as pennies, uh, you know, it was nonetheless a really great opportunity. And, and um, to their credit, they gave me huge flexibility. And so I, you know, some days would be painting physically the walls in the school. And then some days, as I mentioned, would be, you know, doing doing tech support. Um, so that really gave me the opportunity to kind of develop all of these different skills and interests that I had. And um, then when I went away to university, uh, so I, I'm born and raised uh, here in Toronto and uh, but um, was very excited, like a, a very young, uh, young back in the day and a 17 year old, I was very excited to escape to the wonders of Montreal, um, where, you know, we all had rumors of the, the parties and the lavish, exciting life that one lived as a free spirit uh, in Montreal. And uh, I went away. <laughs> right uh, and so I, I did head off for school there. And uh, in my very first semester, of course, I wanted to get a job. I was always very money oriented. I, I don't, you know, for better or for worse, I think, you know, money and having an income just kind of symbolized the freedom and control over your own life. So even though I'm very grateful to my parents who, you know, supported me academically, um, you know, if I wanted my drinking money and my party money, <laughs> you know, I had to earn it like everybody, which I think is a great kind of spirit and, and vibe. Um, and so, yeah, right from the beginning, it was like, okay, time to get a job. <laughs> and uh, and I remember, you know, that first semester applying for different types of jobs all over the place. And again, um, you know, just 
for me, being really lucky and thankful that I was um, able to just try out so many different things. I had a, a couple months where I did, you know, telesales for um, what was then groundbreaking. It was the, the cable TV network, um, Rogers, which is still alive and very well enriched. Um, and, uh, you know, doing sales for them with their amazing new feature, which would let you watch television in different time zones, which now again, seems kind of so, so, you know, archaic and like a dinosaur, but it was a major feature at the time. So I would, I did sales, but then I um, also got this job that was so cool. It was, you know, teaching science on the weekends to kids, um, as part of their extracurricular activities. So, you know, in minus 40 degree weather in Montreal, you yeah. know, here's little, little Alex and I would like trek it out in the snow to these schools with a box of, you know, kits to like build their volcano. And um, so, you know, it was just, um, it was really a fun time. And I, I feel at the time I was very, you know, young and stressed uh, having all these jobs. And I was like, oh, how do I make my money? And, and you know, I, I think I pretty much bombed out of my first semester. It was terrible grade. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> but um, but you know, to me, those were all really like in hindsight, that was all really character building. And mm -hmm. it just gave me so much exposure to the world and like how, mm -hmm. how many different opportunities are out there, right? And kind of the importance of finding things that fit for you. Mm -hmm. I love that you you had so many experiences, um, you know, whether it's through university or throughout your high school, right? Because it helped, as you said, to build that character, but to also let you know very early on what you enjoy the most and what you what you don't like the most, right? So you could select and deselect as you wished. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I don't think that a lot of people have that opportunity. So I kind of am very grateful, you know, I um, along the way so far, I mean, hopefully the journey's not over, but uh, but in those years, you know, especially in my first jobs and roles, I think something that's really important was that I was very, again, thankful and appreciative to find, you know, managers or, you know, people who would hire me who gave me that flexibility. And that was, you know, unusual, uh, not always the case. I said, sometimes you're, you know, just a number uh, in the corporate world, but most of the, the jobs that I, you know, took and accepted over the years, um, I was really lucky that I would have somebody who was kind of a champion who like thought it was okay that, you know, I wanted to do something outside of the job description. And I was like, well, what about this idea? And they would let me run with that. And so I think like them being supportive of you know my different kind of uh, interests and like wanting to discover how I could best contribute, that was something that was really helpful you know as my career evolved. I imagine along the way, of course, you know you talked about your teachers. You've had many mentors along the way. What is you know a biggest lesson that stood out for you, whether it's at you know university or high school, a pivotal moment that really propelled you into your corporate career? Mm. Yeah, wow, that's a that's a really great one. I you know, um, I haven't ever had a formal mentor, but. Um, I've been again lucky. I've I've been very lucky to have many people who I consider mentors, um, who have really had a significant impact on on me in my life. Um, I think growing up, 
I went to an unconventional school. I went to a uh, an all all girls progressive feminist school here in Toronto. It was um, independent private school, and uh, very unusual. Um, and uh, one of the things that was great about that was the relationship that we had before. We had much smaller classes. So my graduating class, I was one of three. Uh, I think at the largest, I think my largest class might've been 15 people, for example, I'm not sure. Um, but um, what that meant is that for all of my middle school, actually it was junior school, middle school and high school years, um, I was able to develop really close relationships with our teachers. So, you know, most of our teachers, we called them by their first names. We had relationships outside of, outside of class um, and so, you know, I think um, that really did something different as well. There are a number of uh, the teachers there who I actually developed friendships with for many years. And uh, actually, it's uh, a bit of a, a good and, and um, sad thing. Actually, today is the birthday um, of my French teacher, Marguerite Anderson. She's a uh, was uh a really well-known franco-ontarian you know author writer poet and so she taught me at the at the school for you know almost a decade and we uh we actually remained friends uh for the last you know 25 years <laughs> outside of that that's she, amazing uh, actually, yeah it's it's really like so she was someone for example who just really had a a really important impact because uh, in my in my life you know always kind of encouraging me to even though I was doing well in business to kind of keep my artistic side and consider the kind of um, impact on the world and culture and like what I'm doing in society and kind of keep me in check as well about the purpose and, uh, and impact of, of kind of my, my work in life. That's wonderful, Alex. So now let's segue into, you know, we're fast forwarding 20 years, you yeah are the founder of Consulter. Give us a little bit of background about this company and how you got started. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I, do, I do love telling the story <laughs> because uh, I think um, it's the story of the accidental kind of entrepreneur, I think. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, didn't plan it, didn't, uh, didn't really see it coming. Um, but uh, it came, <laughs> it came nonetheless. And, uh, you know, it's been a wonderful, a wonderful ride so far, although, you know, we'll see how that, how the, the story um, unfolds. All right. um, yeah, I guess, you know, so I had um, pretty much spent what, <laughs> it goes really quickly, actually, right, uh, life, <laughs> but yes. I had spent uh, the better part of, um, you know, 15 years, I would say, in different kind of corporate roles. Um, and, you know, I, I um, had been kind of hopping around in different organizations um, just because I, I kind of found that I had the, that two or three year kind of um, trajectory in, in each company um, where, you know, the first six months or a year of a job was like terrifying, didn't know what I was doing. And then there would be that year or two where I was like, oh, I kind of got this. And I'm pretty good at it. And then I would inevitably start getting bored of <laughs> like, well, now I'm not really doing anything that's kind of um, that impactful anymore. And like anyone can do this. So let me kind of move on. So I, I fired myself from a lot of roles, you know, where I would get bored and then sort of get hungry. Um, so that was kind of what I did for about about 15 years, uh, big and small companies, some some smaller kind of um, family run businesses and startups. I also worked in government, I worked in universities. So, you know, kind of hopping back and forth. And I, 
um, you know, really learned a ton from that. Just so much. I was very, um, you know, lucky again to uh, to pick up such a diversity of kind of skills from those different experiences. Um, being on the client side, sometimes um, being in house as well, uh, or and then uh, being on the kind of vendor agency side as well, and just kind of seeing all different parts of businesses, big and small. And uh, that was a great run. Um, but it also, you know, started getting really tiring. And uh, in the last few years, um, so I guess, you know, let's say just over about five years ago, maybe, maybe a little longer now, um, you know, I was starting to slow down. Um, I, you know, I loved the roles that I was in. I was working with some great teams and great companies. And um, I had started to, um, I guess, you know, um, check all the boxes, right? The things that you're kind of told to um, aspire to in a corporate environment. So, you know, I was very uh, thankful, you know, I, I finally had uh, my big corner office in a couple different jobs and I had my big salary and I had like some large teams. Um, so, you know, all of uh, all the things you're supposed to want and love in a corporate environment. And so, you know, I was checking those boxes and somehow, you know, I just still didn't feel fulfilled. Like it just still didn't feel right. Even though all the things were right, it just didn't feel right. And I kind of had this, um, I won't say, you know, overdramatic, it wasn't like a, a crisis, but it was just kind of a slower realization. Like, is this what you want to do forever? You know, I was, um, I remember kind of sitting, uh, sitting in my office uh, one night, because I always, you know, um, was a bit of a, a workaholic, as you hear from many, I think, entrepreneurs. So, you know, always working many, many hours. There's always more work you can do. I can always find more work. Of and uh, yeah, I just, you know, kind of had these, these thoughts of like, okay, what are you doing? Are you going to do this for another 20 or 30 or 40 years of, of just like keep hustling and hustling and hustling? Um, but like kind of what's it for? Uh, because you're like kind of a part of a big corporate machine. And um, yeah, I just kind of feel like there was nothing wrong with the companies, the companies and the people that I work with were great, but I really just started kind of questioning like the value that I had and what my impact and purpose was kind of going to be um, in the world. And so that's kind of what the beginning, the beginning of the journey, I think, is, you know, I just kind of had this um, desire to, to kind of have it be a little bit more meaningful for me in the, in the long run. So um, unofficially, that's where my first kind of entrepreneurial uh, spirits kind of came from. And so I, I made the bold decision those those many years ago to leave. So I uh, left my big fancy corporate job and I had some friends who were um, at the time um, consultants and freelancers and they seem to be doing super well. You know, they they were uh, working on projects that they enjoyed, where they, you know, where um, the clients really respected their impact and their their knowledge and the work they were doing. They kind of, um, and this was pre-COVID, so they were, you know, working from home on their own schedules at their own pace, um, making good money. Um, and it just seemed like, wow, what a wonderful arrangement. <laughs> and so I kind of figured, oh, I, I want in on that too. That sounds kind of great. And so that's kind of what started things. I, I decided, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to get out of this kind of corporate rat race hustle and see what the other side of the coin is all about. And so that's when I set up my own, um, my first business, um, which was AKP Solutions, which was my management consulting 
uh, business. And that was, you know, a really wonderful experience. Um, and like kind of the foray, I think that's what kind of got the, uh, you say the wet your appetite for uh, entrepreneurship and for business. So my first business was really me, myself and I, um, and, um, you know, it was, it was, um, and it is, so I still, I still do practice there. Uh, and so that's kind of my management consulting. It was so great. I got to just work with, I get to work with, you know, clients everywhere on different types of projects, big and small. Um, and then I would, you know, um, collaborate with other people when sometimes I got too busy or if it was something I didn't really know about, um, I would, you know, pull in some of the, the great people in my network and do work with them as well. So I thought, wow, what a wonderful business model, you know? And so I think that's kind of what first got me excited about the concept of like doing things on your own, that you don't have to be part of the big corporate machine. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that if you want to, and if you're the kind of person who wants a little bit more flexibility, that there are kind of other options for you. And so that's kind of what started that, that triggered the journey. Wow, uh, Alex. Wow. I must say um, that's quite a journey. So how old is Consulter and how many consultants are now in the marketplace? Oh, well, it's, you know, it's very exciting for me because it's, it feels like, you know, my baby's growing up. <laughs> so we're, we're celebrating We're we're starting to hit some milestones now, which is wonderful. Um, so, you know, uh, we're just coming up on two years, not there yet, but, uh, I think, so it'll be next month that Consulta is, uh, officially kind of two years, two years old, which in the world of the internet, I feel is quite old actually. Um, so that's, uh, that's exciting. Of course, it's been an idea for longer than that, but, um, two years, uh, we're, we're going to be coming up on two years in business. And I'm really excited. I, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because we're not just there yet. I think um, as of this morning, I think we're at, I want to say 87 consultants. So, you know, hitting the 100 mark um, will be a, a big milestone for us. That should should definitely come in the next couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, to me, that's really kind of so special, you know, coming from a place where two years ago it was really just an idea. And, you know, it was a uh, talking to, you know, talking to anybody who would listen about this concept of like, hey, what if we put all these great people that we know, we put them all, you know, online for sale, the same way you can just buy your shoes. Uh, you know, we want to make it so easy that the same way you can, you know, pick something up from Etsy or, or exactly, you know, from Amazon, that you can buy services from reliable, trusted, known um, consultants and make it that easy and that affordable. And so for me, like, I feel very proud and special to have kind of built that within a relatively short period of time. Um, and also just to like, have so many people be receptive to it. So that's pretty exciting. I think, uh, you know, those, the first few were, were very hard, you know, convincing those first few people to come on board with this, I, this crazy idea was, was tough, but, uh, but now starting to hit these milestones is, is quite exciting. Well, congratulations. So you're in the 80s, Mark, and with the consultants that you have, are they all across Canada or concentrated in certain areas? Yeah, we, you know, um, we actually are a truly global platform. And as much as like, I have a lot of Canadian pride. And so I always I love that Consulta is kind of a Canadian business. Our, um, our uh, full time team in the company is all Canadian based. Although not in the Toronto area entirely, we try to kind of be spread out around the uh, across the country. Um, and being a virtual business, we're able to do that. So that is something wonderful. 
but our consultants really are everywhere. And to me, that's also something that's quite special. Uh, right now, I would say we do have stats and um, it's something like about 40% of our consultants, I think, are currently Canadian and similarly about 40% are in the US. Um, and we've been actively kind of looking for people in the US because it's a, a larger market for us. Um, and then the other the other 20%, it's really wonderful to see. We have, you know, some really wonderful people um, in Europe and, uh, and now we're starting to expand to the Middle East, Africa, and I hope varies. We have uh, one or two people in Asia and I hope Latin America is next. Uh, we have our first person we've just signed up there as well. So, you know, it's really exciting to me to see the growth. And um, just because, you know, I think that business and business challenges are not limited by geography. And so, you know, why should the, the people that we work with, we should just find the best people wherever they are. And that should be what determines who we work with, not necessarily where they're physically based. Well, that's excellent. So, you know, with regards to individuals, listening to this episode and would like to connect with you further to discuss Consulta Marketplace. How can they connect with you? Oh, I love it. I mean, I, um, I don't ever like to be a pushy salesperson because I really just think that, you know, um, hopefully people will have such a wonderful experience that, that the, the sales kind of come on their own. Um, so I would love to connect with any one of your listeners uh, just because I really think that Cancelta is a wonderful solution for startups and entrepreneurs and small businesses. So people who need help but can't necessarily um, afford, don't have the budget, time or resources for some of the larger, more traditional um, options. So yeah, I mean, we are at cansalta.com. I lose people a lot because I don't, I always, <laughs> don't always uh, enunciate enough. So that's C-A-N, so uh, cansalta.com. And, uh, you know, from there, it's really intended to be a really simple, uh, simple journey. But uh, um, I'm Alex at cansalta.com, pretty easy to find. And I'm all over LinkedIn. I spent all my time there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, really, I, I would love for any of your listeners to give us a try. Um, really, we, you know, what, something that's really special about all of the consultants on the platform is that they really do want to help. Um, and they really do want to help entrepreneurs. And so most of them, even though they're very experienced kind of veteran uh, consultants, most of them come from big firms and have done 10, 20, 30 years of consulting. Um, most of them really, the reason why, when we interview them and we talk to them, we kind of ask about why, why are you here? What's, you know, why are you interested in this platform? And most of them share that spirit. They are looking for entrepreneurs. They're looking for small businesses because they too really want to get to know you and your business and have a big impact and be a part of it and like watch watch you kind of grow and be successful. So for me, like, it's really a joy because I feel like I have the best job in the world. It's, you know, we've just built this website and built this platform. And now all we have to do is hopefully tell people about it so they can on their own kind of um, use our website to find each other. And uh, I kind of think of it as a matchmaking service for business, you know? And so instead of a dating website, uh, we, we want to help businesses find their match. We want to help people find the right people to help them. Um, and, uh, and so I'm really excited to, to, you know, try to tell the world about it so that I can just get other people who can have the privilege and the excitement of benefiting from the same kind of positive experience that I've had um, in working with some of these really wonderful people. Alex, we've talked about a lot of things. 
And we could go on and on because I find your story so fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I'm so impressed with, you know, all the things that you've done because you've had such an eclectic career and it's still unfolding. If there's anything you have to tell to someone, you know, who's dynamic as you, whose interests and passions are so varied and who are interested into jumping into the entrepreneurial world, what would you tell them? Wow. <laughs> what a what a big wonderful question. I would say the the simplest thing is to do it. <laughs> uh what I have found and it was true for me but a lot of the entrepreneurs or would be entrepreneurs that I talk to. You know, it's really easy to get overwhelmed and you might have a wonderful idea and it's easy to kind of get stuck uh and think, "Oh my goodness, what am I going to do with this?" And um, I think that it's, it's, you know, really as simple as just do it, just try, just start, just commit and see from there. Um, and then on the flip side, you know, being willing to adapt and to change and to take feedback and, um, you know, perhaps to fail. I know we're not supposed to say that. We're always supposed to say, you know, oh, there's no such thing as failure. That's not true. <laughs> you can fail. Um, it's just a question of what you do after that, right? Do we take that as a lesson and do we learn and do we adapt and consider an experimentation and a learning and then try again, right? Just like with, with kids, um, you know, they fall and then you pick yourself up again. So I, I think that, uh, you know, starting your own business, being your own boss, you know, chasing your dream, trying to make something. I think it's wonderful. I think it's a really wonderful experience. And for, for it's not for everyone, but for the people who get excited about that, I would say, yeah, don't let yourself get bogged down by all of the scary um, potential problems and the issues and the barriers. They will be there and they're there for everyone. So I think, you know, it's really just dive in and do it and learn from it and hopefully it'll be a wonderful experience and you'll be wildly successful uh and if not that's okay <laughs> right then it's you know take take what you learned from that and just do it do it differently next time and maybe the second time will be the go so um i think that's uh my my number one tip is just you know don't be afraid and uh to go for it you are the wise one, Alex. This is some excellent advice there for our listeners. You know, take those good golden nuggets that you heard during this entire interview, you know, pause and listen to the parts that you enjoy, take some notes. And um, I'm just so delighted to have you on, Alex. And I hope that we can have another interview one year again from today so that I can hear about the great progress you've made with your marketplace. I would love that. I really thank you so much, you know, for the invitation, the opportunity to, to talk to you today and, and for your listeners. I hope uh, I hope there's some some nuggets of, of wisdom and something enjoyable for everyone. And I would absolutely love to come back and have an anniversary date with you and talk more about what I hope is in a year from now, as you said, another kind of the next step in the journey of the success story uh, for, uh, for Consulta. Now, this is one of those episodes that's long, 
but what you'll find is the entrepreneur who I've introduced is doing amazing in terms of the marketplace that she's developed. And of course, she is drawing on a number of different skill sets of individuals from all over the world. So I wanted to bring this particular episode to you because I think it's important to show that there's a diversity of people who assist entrepreneurs. And this is not by any means an endorsement, but more of showing you or giving you the opportunity to meet a new individual. As always, my mission is to inspire you with your idea to put it into action by bringing you wonderful and diverse people in Canada and all over the world. So until next time, I'm your host, Irene Roussel.